Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. So today's topic is about happiness. How do we make work a happy place? And, you know, this idea of work and the pleasure or the excitement or the reward that we get from work is something that is much more prevalent with today's workforce than it has been in the past. I mean, used to be we talked about things like making a living or earning a living instead of truly living through the lens of getting fulfillment and reward from work. And I get it. I get it. Sometimes we're at a stage in our life where we have to, uh, well, maybe do some things that we don't really enjoy in order to get to something that provides more fulfillment. In other words, we have to feed our economic engine in order to pay bills, to survive, to, to have a, well, a roof over our head and, and food in the refrigerator. I get it. But now let's talk about how do we make work a happy place for our employees? How do we as leaders make work a happy place? So a study revealed that the key to human happiness is the ability to live in the moment and place less emphasis on the future and the past. You know, that is something that I am truly, truly trying to be more deliberate about, to enjoy this moment. I'm here recording this podcast for you, for my listeners around the world. How do I get fulfillment out of this moment? How do I enjoy this moment? I don't want to be corrupted by the past. I don't want to be preoccupied with the future. I want to be focused on enjoying this moment, being all in for you, my listeners. Because our obsessive preoccupation with the past or the future is a burden, people. It's a significant burden that limits our happiness during life. If we're always worried about the future, if we're always obsessed or feeling the guilt and shame of the past, it robs us of the very present that we have before us. And, you know, this study indicates that our stress over past events or our worry about the future harm Our current, well, these things harm our current satisfaction. And even this, the ability to live in the current moment and search for contentment of the present is a critical key to deliberate joy and happiness. Enjoy the now. Enjoy the moment, wherever you are. Maybe you're on your way to work. Maybe you're at the gym. Maybe you're listening to this podcast on your computer at home. Enjoy the moment. Now, let's take that thesis about enjoying the moment and apply it to business. Because in business, these extremes become more amplified. Our need to learn from historical trends or undesirable events has made managers more preoccupied with blame than perspective. Yes, we're more preoccupied in business with justifying past events. Who can we blame? Whose fault is it? Who do we need to correct? What do we need to correct? Do all these sound familiar? And we have difficulty confronting the truth 
honestly for our organizations. Communication has become more filtered, and unfiltered honesty is exceedingly rare. Accountability is confused with blame, and trust is scarce among employees and organizational leaders. Even more, additionally, the the over-speculation about the future can be equally demoralizing for the team. When we achieve this, when we get to this, when we get this size, always looking forward and not enjoying the present. And the emotional strain created by economic fluctuations can significantly kill morale for your team, and it impacts current productivity. The corporate fear of recession becomes lost productivity on the front lines, wasted Organizational energy over possibilities that may or may not occur become the boat anchor to productivity and profitability. I mean, think about this. Your people come to work every day and do pretty much the same thing most days. If we can't enjoy the moment, if we can't get fulfillment out of the activity of being together, doing something in a, in a, uh, in a common effort, if we can't make our people enjoy that, then All they see is a lifetime of doing the same boring routine things over and over and over again. So, though simple in concept, the answer, the answer is more challenging in the application. So you're saying, what's the answer? How do we fix this, John? Well, I'm getting to that because emphasizing employee morale to derive enhanced productivity is not revolutionary as a concept. Let me say that again. Emphasizing employee morale to derive enhanced productivity is not revolutionary as a concept. Meaning that if we place emphasis on improving morale, we will get more productivity. If you see an, if you see an equation, morale equals productivity. When morale goes up, productivity goes up. When morale goes down, productivity goes down. Yet many companies create an environment that rewards managers for activities that inhibit individual productivity, meaning we do things that have a negative impact on morale, therefore productivity, and we reward managers for doing so. Simply put, most organizations do not consider the collection of personal morale as the cumulative output for the organization. Let me say this again. Happy people will produce more for you. Content people will produce more for you. Appreciated people will produce more for you. It's called discretionary effort. You pay people for required effort. Discretionary effort is that effort they give you because they choose to. And these corporate policies have in an incredibly significant and detrimental impact on the collective happiness of the team. Let me give you an example. The most demoralizing of all policies is the blanket policy or the zero tolerance policy designed to punish everyone for the negative actions of the few. One organization, I'll give you an example. They locked the break room from their employees because some of the employees had made a mess and didn't clean it up. So everybody got locked out of the employee break room because of the actions of a few. Ridiculous. 
And to make it even worse, fear of corporate litigation in the future or setting a precedent with actions of the past lead to an unhappy workforce and workplace. So those of you around the world, if you hear me sniffling, I'm in the piney woods of East Texas and the pine trees are blooming and there's pollen everywhere. And my allergies are certainly reflecting the environment that I'm in right now. So just bear with me if I'm a little hoarse or if I, if I'm not my normal self, as far as my voice goes. So again, too many companies focus on the output rather than creating an environment that promotes work. In other words, they're looking for trailing indicators and completely ignoring the leading indicators that promote more work. And modern managers have learned, well, have not learned to nurture the fertile climate for better productivity. In other words, these supervisors emphasize results instead of activities that lead to results. And this misguided emphasis rewards the lucky and can severely punish the committed people on the team. So here's what I say. Teaching corporate managers to emphasize the moment, this moment, without neglecting the future or the business plan is analogous to focusing on today's game first as a path to winning the season. When I coached uh, select baseball, travel baseball, the rule was win this pitch, win this inning, win this game. We're not worried about next week's game. We're worried about this moment. Win this moment. And winning at business is about performance in the present moment. Win this moment with your people. Be present for your people. Show up for your people. Because neglecting the now to win later has no logical basis. And the old cliche still rings true that happy employees are productive employees. Yet so many businesses fail to get the fact that there are no shortcuts and there are no quick fixes on the path to success. Your team's happiness holds the key to the success of your business. So what's the leader's role? What, what, how does a leader fix this? So I wholeheartedly believe that the leader's role is to direct the team's attention towards something. Because the first step in finding happiness in business is to turn off or tune out distractions to focus on the task at hand. And by doing so, leaders promote the state of flow, the flow zone, the state of flow more often with people doing the work. And you say, well, what's flow? What does that mean? What's the flow zone? Well, flow describes moments of total absorption when you become so focused on the task that everything else falls away. And I, I use training devices like puzzles to get people into this flow state during my leadership training. And you know when you're in flow. You know, I'm in flow when I'm teaching a class. Some people are in flow when they're working on an engine. Some people are in flow when they're reading a book. Some people are in flow when they're writing or singing. You know what gives you flow. Flow means you're stuck in the moment. You're not worried about the past. You're not concerned about the future. You are stuck in the moment. You're not even thinking. You know, the, probably the best example of flow is when you're in center field and a 
pop flies hit to you. Your life devolves into one single thing, and that's focusing on catching that ball. That's flow. And the following method to achieve a happy workplace is changing the daily routine. And it may sound counterintuitive since humans love a pattern. However, doing the same thing day in and day out is a straightforward way to make your brain rebel against you and prevent living in the moment. In other words, people are doing the job without even thinking about it anymore. So changing mental schemas, you know what a schema is? Schemas are psychological patterns. Changing mental schemas at work will keep the brain engaged. And I teach supervisors to create a state of positive discomfort with teams. I want them to stick, to keep their people in a state of positive discomfort. And this state happens to be just outside a person's comfort zone. And a standard method to achieve this is to assign people with mundane jobs to essential projects or initiatives. In other words, if they're in a mundane, routine job, look for projects or initiatives that you can put them uh, in touch with to change the mental schema, to break up the pattern of work. And another method to improve happiness at work is decompression time. And simple activities like an unexpected pizza party for lunch, well, they're beautiful methods to decompress during stressful times. Guest speakers about relevant topics help distract people from stress and allow decompression simultaneously. And one of my favorite examples is an organization brought in a humorous magician. Something funny. Something captivating. But get this, it is up to the leader to be aware of the need to decompress. Just like when a coach calls timeout when the game needs a pause. You in business need to call time out from time to time. Pull your people off the field. Have a conversation with them. Eat some pizza. Watch a magician. Maybe watch a video. I don't know. You come up with what will really, really move the needle with your people. So we're going to get really deep here for a moment. It is up for the, It is up to the supervisor, who's hopefully a leader, to set the tone in the thoughtmosphere. Yeah, that's a new word for you. The thoughtmosphere. What people think becomes influenced by the information the leader provides. Nature resists a vacuum. And if positive messaging by the leader doesn't happen, negative information will take place in people's minds. That's the thoughtmosphere. If you don't put something positive into the thoughtmosphere, it will be filled with something negative. Simply put, You as a leader control the narrative. And a pre-shift huddle with a positive message creates good thoughts for your people. You plant the seed of positivity early in their shift, early in their day. So here's a new word for you as well. Anti-fragility means you benefit from stressors. When Challenging circumstances occur on the job. It is up to the leader to message the response. Don't allow blame and victimization because they are opposite to getting benefits from the stress. As a leader, it's up to you to look for the good in failure. Because when a leader emphasizes the positive in a negative situation, 
the team becomes redirected towards opportunity. And finally, leaders control the framing of reality. I remind people of the euphoria that often accompanies getting selected for a new job. Remember that moment when your brain rewarded you chemically for being desired as a new employee with a company? You were the chosen one, and you still are. So many people lose sight of how it felt when they were selected. You were chosen. People applied. We picked you. You are special. But yet, people come into organizations and we subject them to horrible, even painful onboarding processes, or we put them around people who are negative, and all of a sudden, that euphoria from being hired is gone, and now they're surrounded by miserable people. So this great resignation that's going on, this this may blow your mind, but there's data that says 72% of the people who have quit jobs for new jobs regret the move. <laughs> 72%. Well, there can only be one reason, or at least one predominant reason. You know, when we when you have a good boss, the chance of someone leaving is really low because people are afraid of getting a bad boss. So I firmly believe a huge majority of that 72% of people who are quitting jobs to find discontentment in the next job are ending up with bad bosses. In other words, the company touted this amazing, this, you know, because everybody's hungry for people. So they're getting good at selling these jobs, selling this culture, selling our organization, and they make it look really good on the surface. So you decide to quit your current job and you go to the next job. And that beautiful, shiny surface is merely, well, it's merely the covering of something that may not be as nice underneath, a bad boss, a micromanager, so a boss that's aloof, a boss that's a yeller or a screamer, a boss that's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And all of a sudden you're like, what have I done? What have I gotten myself into? So remember, remember, counting our blessings is a choice we all get to make. And you as the leader get to remind people to do so from time to time. Now, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Subscribe. Subscribe so that you get notified every time I drop a new episode. Share this podcast with the people that you encounter online. Copy the link. Share it. I would be honored to help you make the world a place with more happy people with better morale. This podcast is for people crazy enough to do things differently. This podcast is for people who go against the grain, who push against the status quo, who push against normalcy, who challenge things, who confront things, who are brave enough to say things other people will not say. This podcast is for people who are crazy because crazy people are the ones that get things done in this world. They create new things. They abandon old things that are no longer effective. They get things done. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Until next time.